Welcome to the Students of Surgery podcast series, where we shed light on common surgical topics. Welcome back, everyone. We have Dr. Ernst Muller, the head of pediatric surgery from Steve Beaker Academic Hospital with us today. And our topic for today is going to be congenital diaphragmatic hernias. Welcome back, Dr. Muller. Is it important to know about the embryology of the diaphragm? Yes, it is, because if you know the embryology, we'll also know why the diaphragmatic defects occur where they do. I think it's important to know that the diaphragm is not just a uniform muscle. It is uh, is a composite from different parts. The posterior two parts are formed by the pleuroperitoneal membrane. Then the middle posterior part is formed by the esophageal mesoderm. And then the anterior part is the septum, is formed by the septum transversum. And then the peripheral parts of the diaphragm are formed by the body wall. If the pleuroperitoneal membrane does not close, then you get the posterolateral lateral defect, which is the bochtalic hernia. If the septum transversum does not close, then you get the morgani hernia. Can you maybe tell us a little bit more about the bochtalic hernia? Bochtalic hernia is a gap in the posterolateral portion of the diaphragm. Incidence is about 1 in 5,000 and it has quite a high associated with congenital anomalies in up to 50%. Because the bowel is in an abnormal position, it's up in the chest, there is always malrotation present. Bochtalic hernia occurs in 90% on the left side and in 10% on the right side. Reason for that is not quite clear, maybe the liver has a shielding function on the right side. What are the consequences of a bochtelic hernia for the baby? Through the diaphragmatic defect, the abdominal contents herniates into the pleural cavity. And when that happens, the lung is not able to grow anymore. This is not only on the side of the hernial defect, it's also the opposite side because the whole mediastinum shifts to the contralateral side and impedes also grows on the contralateral side. So if the lungs cannot develop normally, then you get lung hypoplasia because the bronchi can't bifurcate well. There are no branching anymore and there are less bronchial bifurcations. Alveoli are also less. The consequence is that you don't have enough lung tissue at the end for adequate oxygenation. And also you get less arteries, and the arteries which are there are malformed, they thickened arterial walls, and all that causes pulmonary hypertension. And uh, that causes problems with the heart because the right heart is supposed to push blood through the lungs. So you get high resistance in the lungs, which can cause also heart failure at the end. So you get a whole cascade of pathological events. At the end, um, you can also get recurrence of an embryonal circulation with patent foramen ovale, patent ductus or arteriosis. Net effect of this is uh, bypassing in the lungs. The lung then can't oxygenate the blood anymore. When you examine a baby with one of these hernias, what would you expect to find? 
Yeah, you get uh, quite typical signs. You get the uh, decreased chest movement on the affected side. You get the shift of the cardiac impulse to the opposite side. When you listen to the chest, you get bowel sounds in the chest. And because often a large amount of bowels is fixed, has moved up to the chest, you get the empty abdomen, an empty scaphoid abdomen. Because of the lung hypoplasia, you get respiratory distress and cyanosis. And that's the main symptoms shortly after birth. You get the acutely distressed blue baby uh, struggles to breathe. Chest X-ray will demonstrate bowels in the chest. And once you've made your diagnosis, how do you treat a baby? Yeah, you have to put in a nasogastric tube to decompress the bowel because uh, the bowel can be obstructed. You have put up a drip because the child is not able to feed. You might have to resuscitate the child. And because these babies are very often very distressed and blue and cyanotic, you have to immediately intubate them and you should avoid packing with the face mask because with the face mask you introduce air into the bowels making the mediastinal shift even worse. Then you, the pediatrician usually uh, sets the ventilator for low pressure ventilation and uh, less than 25 centimeters of water because uh, higher ventilatory pressure might cause damage to the lungs. Then uh, nitric oxide has a relaxating effect on the pulmonary arteries causing a reduction of the pulmonary arterial pressure. This has an effect on the improving uh, perfusion of the lung and oxygenation. Sometimes you also have to support the heart because the heart struggles to pump the blood through the lung. So you might have to give vasopressors as well. Unfortunately, you can't change immediately the, the lung hypoplasia. That will only occur with time when the child grows and the lung grows. When would you consider operating and if you do operate, what procedure would you do? Operation is only possible once the child is oxygenating properly. If you have a child who, who is blue, first you have to try to get the child to oxygenate reasonably well by lowering the pulmonary hypertension. Sometimes that will not be possible. But if it's possible, then it's good for the child. The lung hypoplasia, as I mentioned, is not changed by the operation. So you do a subcostal incision and the organs which have herniated into the chest, you pull them back out of the chest into the abdomen. And then you can do a primary suture repair of the defect if it's small, or you have to put in a patch to repair the defect in the diaphragm if it's too big for primary repair. What are the complications of a Bartolek hernia? Firstly, you have a high mortality of 30 to 50% if the lung hypoplasia is too severe and the child is basically not able to survive. Then you have about 10% mental retardation and uh, these patients will never be um, good in sports. They will have a pulmonary function that remains abnormal in about 50% of these patients. Also, the, the catch-up lung growth is uh, up to two years. There is also growth failure in uh, 30 to 50% of these patients. There is gastroesophageal reflux disease in more than 50% because the diaphragm is abnormal and the diaphragm plays an important role to prevent gastroesophageal reflux. 
Also, intestinal obstruction might occur because of adhesions and malrotation as well. I think let's move on to the Morgagni hernia. What can you tell us about this type of hernia? Fortunately, this is a much better type of hernia to have than a, a Bochtalic hernia. The gap is usually in the retrosternal portion of the diaphragm, uh, centrally or in the middle, just behind the sternum. It's much rarer than a Bochtalic hernia. It's about 4 to 6% of congenital diaphragmatic hernias. It's often asymptomatic, but because embryologically there is no impediment of lung development in these cases. So colon can always be trapped and become gangrenous with uh, Morgani hernias. If you have a Morgani hernias, it needs to be operated even in asymptomatic patients. It's a usually easy repair because it's a small repair. Would you like to summarize these two hernias for us? Yes, uh, these uh, hernias are very different. They present differently, they have a different pathophysiology. Bochtalic hernias have an intricate pathophysiology and the main problem is the lung hypoplasia. The operation is not the main issue in the Bochtalic hernias. It's the stabilization and try to, to uh, treat the pulmonary hypertension. And only then you can operate. Morgani hernias is just the other way around. Uh, there is no lung problem, but you have to operate these patients because you don't want uh, bowel strangulation and dead bowel trapped in these hernias. Uh, in Morgani hernias, surgery is always necessary, but not urgent, and uh, they usually do very well on the long term. Thank you very much for an interesting talk. Thank you, Martin. This edition of the Students of Surgery podcast has been produced by TuxFM. Visit www.tuxfm.co.today for young, fresh and relevant content. That was another edition of the Students of Surgery podcast series where we shed light on common surgical topics.